0: the tennessee titans lose uh in somewhat embarrassing fashion look like they had a little bit of momentum in the second half to kind of come out and uh really it is the story of a lot of the same things we hear as fans as media members the same message from mike vrabel and the titans coaching staff after a lot of these losses at least up to this point in 2023 where Got to coach better. You got to play better. Uh, you got to limit uh, the explosive plays on defense. You've got to convert in on third down. You've got to convert touchdowns in the red zone. You've got to stop the run. You've got to win the turnover battle. It's the same old, same old. Uh, and so today was a version of the same old Titans who are now two and four, and a little bit of a different two and four than uh, I think most people were. Pre- prepared for. When I first looked at this Titans schedule coming into the season, uh, I was everybody pretty very aware that like this first stretch, these first six games going to be the most difficult six games for the Titans um, on the year. Uh, I mean, you had Cincinnati, you had Los Angeles Chargers, you had Baltimore, some real AFC contenders, people very high on the Cleveland Browns coming in. And so two and four was like a realistic possibility and and seeing how the schedule was going the rest of the way you were thinking, all right, three and three's house money, two and four, you're not dead, but the Titans are in dead last in the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, you know, didn't look very good today with Gardner Minshew in there, but the Houston Texans did look very good today and got a win over the new Orleans saints. They continue to impress and look better. The Jacksonville Jaguars up to four and two on a three game win streak. They seem to have uh, turned things around and gotten things on the right track. And so this two and four feels a little bit different than the two and four I was sort of expecting. The Titans are going in the wrong direction. They are trending downwards. They are continuing to spiral. And now with the injury to Ryan Tannehill, which we will talk about a little bit later on, There are questions at quarterback for this team moving forward. There are questions about what the Titans can be and it, like, do they even view themselves as a contender at this point? The version of Mike Vrabel that I saw today on the sideline and the Mike Vrabel that we heard from in the press conference after was really the first time in a very, very long time that I've heard Mike Vrabel sound like a coach who realizes his team is not a good football team right now it was a defeated head coach part of that is on Mike Vrabel part of that is on this coaching staff and you know that's part of what makes this uh, so concerning up to this point is the fact that the Titans are now shockingly 2-11 in their last 13 regular season games 2-11 in 11. <laughs> so if you want to talk about uh, you know where this franchise appears to be headed at least six weeks into 2023 it is the wrong direction, and the unraveling is more than on the field. Like I said, this locker room, different from the previous locker rooms, I've heard uh, this press conference, different from the press conferences, I've heard you've got this nonsense going on. I'll go ahead and, you know, throw this up. Tier Tart has not played in the last two games for the Titans, and the run defense has suffered while he's been out, he tweets during the game or maybe right after the game, who's really mad here with the laughing emojis? And then that tweet, that nice subtweet uh, from a Titans fan, liked by Tier Tart. I don't know what that means. I don't know what Thierry is uh, trying to say there. Could be taken way out of context or people could be reading a little bit more into that uh, than meets the eye. But we also know Thierry Tart has uh, not been a stranger to tweeting and subtweeting and doing certain things when he feels slighted by the organization or the team or the coaching staff in any way. You've got Jeffrey Simmons after the game. After, by the way, Jeffrey Simmons picks up an atrocious 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty, what Mike Vrabel would definitely classify as dumb-ish to hurt the team. And he's in the locker room afterwards saying, well, we got to figure out who wants to be here. Who wants to be in this locker room? Who wants to be on the field and who doesn't? And he said, we need to reassess our team. That's where the Titans are right now with things going in the wrong direction fast and possibly this being the biggest test Mike Vrabel has had to face as an NFL head coach so far. Trying to regroup this locker room with potentially not your starting quarterback, with big personalities, NFL stars of the likes of DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry and Jeffrey Simmons in your locker room who want to win, who aren't getting any younger and figuring out, can you get this thing on the right track? You're heading into a bye week. That's going to make this sting a little bit more for Titans players. Definitely going to make it sting a little bit more for Titans fans who now have to sit a full 14 days until they get to watch their team take the field again. And morale probably uh, at an all-time low heading into the game against the Atlanta Falcons where they'll be sporting the Oilers throwback jerseys for the first time. Uh, And, you know, it'll be an alumni weekend and and generally a weekend in a game that, uh, you know, Titans fans, Titans media, the Titans organization very much looks forward to that right now the fan base couldn't be lower on uh, heading straight into it. So, I mean, I see some comments here talking about the quarterback and, and particularly Obj, what Odell Beckham Jr. did to D, to Jeffrey Simmons, and guys, I hear you. Uh, I mean, Eric Lunza says OBJ kicked Big Jeff. Yes, he did. And yet Jeffrey Simmons cannot do that. You cannot respond in that way. It is one of the unwritten rules that every coach teaches their football team: don't be the second guy in. They always get the second guy. They will always penalize the second guy. So yes, Odell Beckham Jr. did kick was getting a little dirty with big Jeff at the end of the play. And you have to have the presence of mind to know I can't get that penalty there. And actually Jeffrey Simmons talked about this a lot regarding the man I mentioned earlier, Tier Tart, during training camp, Tier Tart was in the joint practices with the Minnesota Vikings and some of the preseason games, throwing some punches, getting really chippy, pushing guys to the ground, getting penalized, and he got sent home and, and sat on the sideline during practices. And Big Jeff said, when I talked to him in Minnesota at those joint practices, he said, yeah, I mean, Tiers fiery, I'm fiery. You have to know how to control it, though. You have to know how to respond. We have to be disciplined. So this is an instance that I would encourage Big Jeff, who I don't want to like put any of this on him, or like at least no more than is on everybody else, on Jeff. Uh, But that is an instance that he needs to take his own advice. And yes, there should be an expectation, as I saw Buck tweeted earlier from London, that you absolutely can expect Jeffrey Simmons to be better. So two and four, Titans going in the wrong direction. And I want to get to our two rivers Ford take to kick things off here tonight and hear from you guys. What is most concerning about the Titans two and four start? What is most concerning about the Titans 2-in-4 start? That is today's Two Rivers Ford take. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Two Rivers Ford has been doing business in Middle Tennessee for over 40 years. They're American-made, locally owned, and built Ford Proud. They provide fair, honest prices, quality service, and no-pressure buying experiences for their customers. They're the home of non-commissioned salespeople providing transparency Transparency and upfront pricing—you can't say that about too many car dealers out there. Two Rivers Ford has customers and employees that have been part of their family for decades. So if you're in the car buying process, head to Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. We're talking the Two Rivers Ford take. What is most concerning about the Titans' two and four start? Uh, gonna get to some of your comments here, as Ken says, it is the QB performance. I don't believe Ryan Tannehill is the most concerning thing about the Titans two and four start. There are some, some areas in which I would criticize Ryan Tannehill for sure. He has not been great, has even been subpar at times. I think there's a lot of things about the machine around him that are not working or functioning in a way that lets him succeed. Lewis says injuries and culture, which I do find interesting because up until maybe this point in the season, the the story of the 2023 Titans was like, hey, they're they're mostly hurt. Then Traylon Burks goes down and misses extensive time. And Tier Tart misses back-to-back games. And now maybe Ryan Tannehill uh, with a severe right ankle injury as well. Uh, Wesley says the leaders need to be leaders, period. Uh, and I would agree with that. Will says Vrabel or the lack thereof. Derek says the offense as a whole is the most concerning part. The offense certainly... Uh, continuing to find ways to be a failure, whether it's the red zone issues that we've seen the last two weeks, the uh, outright nothing that we saw against the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, it's nice. Titans finally have a good kicker. And Nick Folk has had to kick 16 of them through uh, the first six games, which is probably a bit high of a number if you were to ask most uh, Titans fans. Roy says the Titans defense doesn't seem to be showing up. I don't know if I can say this all the way. I think the Titans defense has been sound in short yardage scenarios. Uh, They did a very good job today at multiple times at, you know, third and one finding a way to get off the field first and goal, finding a way to hold Baltimore to field goals and keep the Titans in the game. That said they allowed way too many long drives. They did allow four explosive pass plays. Uh, They allowed explosive pass plays, especially in critical situations And I'd love to sit here and say, oh, well, look at the uh, red zone defense. But when you're allowing a bunch of trips to the red zone, uh, you're not doing something right. And the Titans got absolutely dominated in time of possession. So uh, earlier this morning in London, Austin says the all around culture of the team is the biggest uh, or most concerning thing. Red zone offense from Dion. Everything says Randy, the locker room says Alex. So he's in on the uh, culture concerns as well touchdowns, scoring, uh, excuses, and no actions from Miro. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you guys what I think is my most concerning thing about this two and four start with the Titans. And it's what you see there on your graphic today. It's those same old Titans, those same old Titans who continue to talk about the same things and lose games in the same ways. They don't stop the run. They don't convert in the red zone. They were one of nine today on third down. One for nine on third down. Uh, That's a recipe to lose. So third down, red zone, run stop, self-inflicted wounds, Kyle Phillips, cough, cough, Kyle Phillips, a punt muff with one second to go in the half. That's both bad coaching and bad execution on Kyle Phillips. It leaves me wondering, are these things fixable? That is the question that me and so many other uh, people, fans, I'm sure, are feeling that way. Media uh, are feeling that way. And that question was asked to Mike Vrabel uh, earlier today. I think his response was pretty damning and pretty insightful. So here's the head coach when asked, are a lot of these mistakes even fixable?
1: Frustrated with the repetition? Uh, frustrated, or something's... With losing. frustrated with losing. Something's unable to be corrected, given Probably.
0: what you have? Maybe. We'll see not going to stop trying, not going to stop um, trying to prepare them and, and teach them and fundamentals and execution. There'll, there'll be some good plays in there, and you know, there'll be certainly the ones in there that we have to eliminate that, that, that are getting us beat. Here's Mike Vrabel, a head coach who, by the way, uh, as we all know, likes to lean on coach speak, likes to lead, lean on positivity – trying to find silver linings uh, and like, oh, we did some good things, have to coach better, have to play better. Usually does not get too down. And yet are these things fixable or or, are these things not fixable? He says, yeah, probably maybe we'll see pretty damning stuff from Mike Vrabel and and about as down as I would see him. And who can blame him at this point? Like I said, like how long have we been talking about these same problems? Don't have self-inflicted wounds and yet we've got Nicholas petit in there getting pre-snap penalties that back you up and put you in third and long that make you go one for nine on third down. We've got Kyle Phillips muffing a punt after a questionable decision to touch the ball and an even more questionable decision by the Titans coaching staff to put him back there. We saw Mason Kinsey for two games, and Mason Kinsey was fine. He handled his opportunity pretty well, in my opinion, and at least caught the ball and had a few big returns in there here and there. And that's all you really ask for. But Kyle Phillips has now had three muffed punts in six career NFL games, three and six. And yet the Titans chose to go with him. uh, And he made a big mistake that directly cost them three points and potentially, you know, shifts that game when you get later in that football game and it's like down to a one, two score game, what the Titans were uh, looking at there with Malik Willis in the game, but it's all of these same self-inflicted things like that. We have to start at wondering, maybe this is what the Titans are. Maybe they don't have the horses to convert in the red zone. Maybe they don't have a good enough defense to stop the run, even when tier Tart is in there, but especially when he's not in there, maybe they just turn the ball over too much. And don't have the talent to force all of these turnovers because I feel like every single week I walk into St. Thomas Sports Park and I talk to Shane Bowen and I talk to Mike Vrabel and I say, hey, what's got to go differently for your Titans defense to get more turnovers and look like the defense that we saw at the beginning of the season and it's, oh, well, we got to do our job. But if you're not, if, if you go week after week after week, not doing your job, you got a bunch of bad football players got a bunch of football players that shouldn't be out there. They're not starters in the NFL. They, they can't play at this level. The, the sack that Harold Landry got, which was like a sack only because Lamar Jackson kind of like it, tried to extend to play with his legs and ran right at Harold Landry. It was the first sack by a Titans defensive lineman or edge rusher in over a hundred minutes of football. The last one was Arden Key late in that Bengals game. He had one sack against the Colts, that was Roger McCreary with a, like a nickel blitz. And then you went the entire first half of this game today against Baltimore without getting after the quarterback. So it's not just the secondary as bad as Christian Fulton has been as bad as Sean Murphy bunting has been at times. And I'd love to point the finger there. It's not just on those guys. Uh, There's certainly a lot more going to talk a little bit more about Kyle Phillips and why I said that uh, this was a questionable decision, obviously by Phillips to touch it, but I think this is also a reflection of the poor Titans coaching that continually causes some of these self-inflicted wounds. Before I do that, i uh, going to remind everybody that tonight's primetime show is powered by Amanda J. Gentry. Amanda J. is wherever justice demands, Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties in Middle Tennessee. You can visit her at amandajgentry.com. She's practiced in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties as a middle Tennessee trial lawyer, protecting father's rights, protecting your fundamental constitutional right to be a father to your children. Protecting constitutional rights is what Amanda J is all about. She's middle Tennessee's criminal defense and father's rights attorney. So know your rights and protect your rights. Do not talk to the police without a lawyer. Go to amandajgentry.com and talk to Amanda J instead. Um, here is titans wide receiver kyle phillips on the the muffed punt i will say good accountability taking credit but uh still some some cause for concern here
1: need to be better uh, let the team down Drop the ball i mean it's really all it is just didn't make the play on the ball let the team hit down and gave up three points after the defense did a great job of holding them so um that's kind of one i wanna, gotta take on the chin deal with it and uh be better going forward and make the play for the team when they need it. Should a play be made on that ball in that situation or should it be let go? Uh, In that situation, I mean, I really didn't need to catch it. It was, was what, one second left, so I'm the reason we gave it those three points at the end, so um, that's on me. Like I said, got to take it on the chin, live with that, go forward, and uh, it should be better. What's the instruction from Craig coming on the field? I mean, he trusts me to catch it. He trusts me to make the decision, and um, I let him down. I mean, I really could have. Got the way. Like I said, there's one second. It really mattered. Um, went up to make a routine catch. Did't make it. And, you know, like I said, let him down.
0: So like I said, uh, good accountability from Kyle Phillips there. I mean, all you can really ask of a guy after the type of performance Kyle had today is to say, hey, I let my teammates down. And so I will give him credit for taking it on the chin and putting his hand up uh, and saying all of the right things. And he is right. But Jared asked the question. So Craig Ackerman told him to catch it regardless. I don't know if I know it. No, the short answer, no. What Kyle Phillips made it sound like though is that Craig Ackerman gave him the freedom to either catch it or let it go and make that decision. Kyle Phillips made the wrong decision and that is on his shoulders, but there shouldn't be a decision to be made in that spot. This is part of the situational football uh, that is a Titans coaching failure. That ball should never be touched. If it goes to the two-yard line, that's okay. There's probably no time left on the clock, and even if there is, you take a knee or QB sneak it and run the clock out. If it goes into the end zone, that's even better. You take a knee, you run the clock out, and maybe there's triple zeros on the clock at the end of the day. So, uh, no, Craig Ackman didn't tell him to catch it, but he also didn't tell him not to catch it, Uh, and that's an example of situational awareness by both Kyle Phillips and Craig Ackerman, and the Titans coaching staff as a whole, Mike Vrabel, not exempt from, from blame there. It, you know, head coach has just as much ability to go tell Kyle Phillips not to touch the punt as the special teams coordinator does. So it's an all around failure and another example of why these self-inflicted wounds potentially keep occurring. And uh, you know, why I think this might just be who the Titans are this season. John Gonzalez says we need a franchise QB. So it's time that we get to the big uh, story, I guess, of today's ball game, which is the fact that Ryan Tannehill went down with a right ankle injury, the same ankle he injured last season. um, And his status remains kind of unknown. I'm going to tell you what the Titans quarterback had to say after the game and give you my opinion about what the Titans should do at quarterback moving forward. Before I do that, going to remind people, That today's primetime show is powered by True Mav Fitness. Worth, the owner of True Mav Fitness. Big, big Titans fan, supporting the Titans in London this weekend. That's how much of a Titans fan he is. Uh, So kind of ask that you Titans fans go support Worth over at True Mav Fitness. Your first class is free if you are a Nashville resident and you go visit true Mav fitness, it's a boot camp style, 45 minute ish classes. No workout is ever repeated or recycled something new and fresh and entertaining each and every time you go classes, as well as the open gym concept in Nashville, there's a lot of these gyms that you can go to. And it's, it's one or the other it's either all on your own open gym or it's, it's very personalized classes. You can get the best of both worlds at true Mav with one-on-one personal training offered, but also the open gym concept. Membership is 160 a month, which gets you unlimited access to classes, as well as access to open gym. Uh, it's located in the Gulch with a great location. That's convenient to get in and out of as well. Uh, so true Mav fitness, a new way to work out powering today's primetime show. Let's talk quarterback. Let's talk Ryan Tannehill. He went down late in the third quarter. Uh, actually got rolled up on in the second half with his right ankle. He remained in the game. At that point, to stay in and proceeded to be kind of immobile, we saw him limping around. And then at one point, through a really bad interception, trying to get the ball downfield to Chigakonkwo, he underthrew the football. Uh, he said the ankle contributed to that, that he couldn't really put a lot of juice on his throws, that every time he tried to step up into a throw, uh, he couldn't get it there and felt like a sitting duck at which point he decided, all right, let's get checked out here uh, and let somebody who's could potentially make something happen. And Malik Willis take over. Here is uh, a little bit of Ryan Tannehill's post-game interview that he had with Titans media from London. Yeah. I won't, won't have a chance to, to look at it until we get back, but yeah, I want, obviously want to see what's going on and uh, you know hopefully it's not too bad. And we can get a plan. So a long plane ride
1: with ice and stem.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do everything I can to just try to limit the swelling and, take care of it, but only so much you can do on a plane, but definitely put some ice to sell. So an MRI uh, in the cards for Ryan Tannehill, when he returns to Nashville, he said as well that like it sucks, especially when there could be some level of severity to this. And so that remains the big question about the Titans quarterback is how severe is the ankle? This certainly you see him in the video on crutches in the locker room, more severe than even last season when he went down. It was like a walking boot and certain things like that. He never really had crutches, um, potentially some travel logistics there as well. I don't really know what the Titans brought with them or didn't bring with them as far as you know injury equipment is concerned. But Ryan Tannehill did not finish the game. After that interception to Chigakonkwo, he came out. It was Malik Willis for the entire fourth quarter, Uh, He had about 70 something yards passing. I think a lot of that came on the one screen pass to Tajay Spears that he almost took the distance. Um, But this is worth asking at this point. As we talk about the Titans' future and we talk about the rest of 2023, we have to think about a potential world where the Titans aren't with Ryan Tannehill at least for maybe a couple games. So I ask you this question Who would you rather play if Ryan Tannehill? Misses significant time, Malik Willis or Will Levis? Who would you rather play if Ryan Tannehill misses significant time, Malik Willis or Will Levis? And part of the reason I actually ask this question is because I tweeted my opinion right after the game and was surprised at the amount of responses A to Z Sports received on the A to Z Sports Twitter account that said people would want Malik Willis to play if ryan Tannehill can't so uh let's see the chat maybe a little bit of a different opinion because rich lewis ryan yuri all coming in with levis as is andrew uh grizzly wants malik to play but zook says will levis one million percent same thing with marco demetrius Trippin' Titans uh, is on Levis. So is Bradley, so is Derek. We've got uh, one other Malik mention here. It kicks good also at Malik. John Gonzalez also on Malik. Michael says it's not close. Johnny wants Willis in there. We have Willis with a very short leash from Steve Jones. Uh, And Mark says, Levis, because he believes Malik Willis is trash. I don't think it's, I don't know. You you can use whatever adjective you want. You want to call Malik Willis trash. I'm not going to. Fight you because to this point in time, Malik Willis and, and today was pretty telling to me. Where we heard a lot about Malik this offseason, we saw a lot of Malik in this preseason, and there was this idea that Malik Willis was in improved from where he was as a rookie. If you didn't want to put anything on him as a rookie, I don't blame you. We knew he was a project when John Robinson drafted him in the third round. We knew he was a project when he was playing. So if he didn't look like a polished NFL quarterback, nobody should be surprised. But in year two, you expect to see some significant steps forward. And what I saw from Malik Willis today was a guy who struggled with many of the same problems that he struggled with as a rookie. He was not throwing the football. I mean, the ball is staying in his hands and he's escaping pressure and extending a play and looking and still not throwing and and escaping and still not throwing and taking off and running and situationally spots that you cannot take a sack spots that you cannot run the ball as a quarterback and scramble for four yards and slide and let the clock keep working like situations that the Titans were trailing in this football game had to try and get back into it and needed to take some shots downfield and Malik Willis still not willing to throw one-on-one coverages. I mean, it was bad it was atrocious from Malik Willis at times there was the one play he ran over to the sideline Titans were on the one yard line Malik had options to throw it away try and fit it into a receiver or just step out of bounds and stop the clock make sure that you know hey we have a minute and 20 on the clock we can't burn 20 seconds getting reset and what did he do he tried to make something happen fighting through four tackles got tackled in bounds and uh, cost the Titans some time. It didn't matter because they didn't get the onside kick, but those are the moments of Malik Willis that I saw as a rookie, and I'm still not seeing it today where I do not have confidence that the Titans could win any football game with Malik Willis at quarterback. I saw some comments earlier saying, well, put Malik in there to get a better draft pick. I don't think you're at that point just yet, uh, and part of that is because Five of the next six games the Titans play, in my opinion, very winnable. You play Atlanta, you play Pittsburgh, you play Tampa Bay, you play Carolina, you play Indianapolis. That's five of your next six with a Jacksonville game mixed in the middle. That's a stretch that the Titans could win some games. And I think at this point at two and four, Mike Vrabel and company certainly not ready to wave the white flag. I think they will still try and get back into the mix in the AFC South. And so I think they need to put the quarterback in that gives them the best chance to win. That quarterback is Will Levis, in my opinion, at this point. I think Will Levis is better equipped to run the play-action offense the Titans succeed in. I think Will Levis is not afraid to let it rip and throw the ball down the field. And sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes, as we saw, you take a shot, you can draw a PI, you can get into a drive. You can beat someone deep. You gave a guy like DeAndre Hopkins a chance to make plays who had, I believe, one catch today, remarkably, after his 100-and-something-yard performance a week ago. And I believe that Will Levis is the guy to uh, at least give you the best chance. I don't know if he'd be better than Ryan Tannehill. I think the fact that he is young and healthy and on some fresh legs and could potentially give you a little bit more athletic ability, scrambling out of the pocket or on those play action passes could help the Titans. I don't know if he'd be better than Ryan Tannehill, but I sure as hell believe he would be better option for them than Malik Willis right now. Not to mention the fact that you drafted him 33rd overall and you were willing to trade back into the first round to go get him. So no, you maybe won't have a clear cut answer about what Will Levis is at the end of this season. That's a very likely scenario that we won't fully know about Will Levis at the end of the season. Titans fans prepare yourself for that scenario, but I do think you have to maximize, give yourself as many opportunities as possible to give him a shot. And I understood having Malik as the backup early on because Will Levis only played in one preseason game. He had his thigh injury that kept him out of the final two Titans preseason contests and It's kind of hard to have that guy ready to go run your offense in a regular season game with little preparation, little time to prepare. Uh, So I understood him being inactive. You've got this bye week. You've got two weeks to prepare. You've got Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons coming to town. This is the time, in my opinion, to go to Will Levis and and see what you have. And if it doesn't work, you can throw Malik back out there or hopefully, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill comes back and, you know, looks healthier and can be a little bit uh, of a savior. So uh, we've got a super chat here from Teza media says, Levis J Rob has ruined this team with decisions. And uh, I certainly think the Titans are are still feeling the effects of John Robinson's tenure as general manager, but there are decisions as I went over earlier that the Titans current, current uh, power structure of Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel have made, that are not setting them up to succeed either. Like they, the roster that they made, like they made some roster choices on this year's team. That was all them. And uh, drafting Will Levis was one of them. Will Levis has been inactive. So at what point do you make that move? I want to play another thing too, from Malik Willis here talking about his performance today. Uh, and it sounds like once again, the same guy that we heard Malik Willis was as a rookie. Before I do that, going to remind everybody tonight's primetime show is powered by Zen Sports. It's football season and it's time to switch to Zen Sports. It's the fastest growing sports book in Tennessee, changing the game with their cash rewards program. When you sign up for Zen Sports with the code ATOZTN, you see it on the graphic there, ATOZTN, you earn a welcome bonus that gives you 5% cash back on your total betting volume for your first 15 days of betting. cash back on your betting volume. You don't get that anywhere else. That's a Zen Sports special right there. Think about that for a second and realize you should probably be switching to Zen Sports if you haven't already. So uh, whether you want to get a live bet in on the Sunday night football game that's going on right now, and I don't actually know the score. Unlike Buck, I don't have uh, a TV in a spot that I can watch the Sunday night football game, but I heard the, the Buffalo Bills struggling a little bit to my surprise, against the New York Giants. So, uh, yeah, yeah. whether you're getting in on that, whether it's next week, uh, an NFL slate, a college football game, whether it's the Major League Baseball playoffs, I was, uh, you know, tuning into a little bit of ALCS action before hopping on today's show, do it with Zen Sports. If you have friends who bet on sports, share Zen Sports referral bonus code with them, and you get 3% of their betting volume for the first six months of their betting on Zen Sports with no cap on how much you can earn. That's even crazier. Three percent of whatever your friend bets, you can get in cash with Zen Sports and the referral code. Uh so switch over there uh for your betting needs this football season. Here is Titans quarterback Malik Willis, as promised, reflecting on his performance today in the fourth quarter of a Titans loss to Baltimore. Uh just told me to start getting loose just in case and uh we obviously want to win the game, so it didn't go
1: as great as planned. But uh, we're gonna watch the film and figure that out tomorrow. What do you think went well when you're in there? what maybe some things you feel like immediately after the game you should have done better? I just have to look at the film. Uh, we didn't win, so that's not great. But other than that, it's you know obviously you're gonna go out there and try and execute to the best of your abilities. It's a tough situation that you're being dropped in the middle of though. How do you how do you kind of manage that? I guess. Man.
0: That's what your job is, to be ready if called upon. So we didn't come out with the dub, so it's on me. I got to go back to the drawing board and understand what it takes.
1: What did Ryan tell you before you went in?
0: That he's room for me. Uh, Go get a dub. The sacks. So Malik Willis there. I mean, nothing terrible there, right? I mean, he does say we didn't win, which is... uh, You know, nice to hear from the quarterback. Again, that is the very politically correct response for an NFL quarterback after a loss, uh, even if it's a backup coming in in the fourth quarter. Um, And yeah, Malik, Karen said Malik is such a nice kid. He is, he's very nice. Uh, I've spoken to him in the locker room quite a few times and I root for Malik Willis because he is that rootable and that nice. But Titans Rossi says he just needs to learn how to throw the ball away. And I would have liked to hear a little bit, bit of that from Malik after the game. And I'm, I'm curious to hear what Mike Vrabel and Tim Kelly and quarterbacks coach Charles London, if he does speak this week, I don't know what the bye week schedule for media is going to be. I'm curious to see how they assess this performance because uh, it looked like, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of the same old, same old from Malik Willis, a guy that uh, I was certainly hoping was going to show some more steps. And at this point, I'm not sure can be your backup quarterback. If you can't, take a shot if you can't throw the ball down the field if you can't operate in play action and you're very hesitant uh, i'm not sure that's what the titans need as the next guy up if ryan Tannehill is unable to go let's direct focus uh, i'll stop uh you know berating the titans i'm sure we're all pretty exhausted of talking about how frustrating this team can be i am curious to uh check out some of these box scores from around the league because to my surprise and i'd be curious uh Uh, Bradley real quick says, what is the bye week schedule for the team? I'm not sure yet. Uh, They will do both work and get downtime. Uh, Coaches do have different philosophies. I would imagine this Titans team is going to practice, but probably not practice uh, a number of guys that need to get healthy. That remains a big concern is some of these guys that are banged up that were questionable, that missed time, are probably going to be encouraged to rest uh, and and make sure they come back against Atlanta with some new energy. And part of the Titans opting to take the bye week after the London game was probably for that exact reason, because I'm imagining right now that flight home from uh, Europe is not too fun, not too kind when you've got an injured quarterback Uh, You're two and four in dead last in the division. And you got a bunch of players frustrated and also hurt. Um, But there are no unbeaten teams around the national football league. The Philadelphia Eagles lost to the New York jets in quite honestly, a bit of a stunner. Uh, And then the Cleveland Browns got it done handed Brock Purdy, his first regular season loss as an NFL starting quarterback uh, on a missed field goal from Jake Moody. I don't know how much you guys watch those games. I tried to watch as much of them as possible. Good thing about having the, the early slot in London is that you can tune in to a lot of that noon slate of games. And so I ask you guys with no more unbeatens and a couple upsets, more impressive win on Sunday, the Jets or the Browns? Who had the more impressive win on Sunday, the Jets or the Browns? Uh, before I give you my opinion and we go over some of these games and exactly how that happened. I want to remind everybody that today's primetime show is powered by Gary Ashton Real Estate Group. GaryAshton.com. Don't sell without the intel. Go get Gary Ashton. See why more home sellers choose the Gary Ashton team over any other real estate team in Nashville. They've got a guaranteed local offer and it makes them the most convenient way to sell your home. Who wants to buy your home? We'll find out with Gary Ashton. With over 200,000 visitors per month, the Gary Ashton team has the intel and all the info you need to sell fast. So if you're selling, call Gary up. Gary Ashton Real Estate Group, the quickest way for you to sell. Uh, And yeah, let's see what you guys think here. I asked you, better win Browns or Jets? The Jets defeated the Eagles 20 to 14. That game also, by the way, Jalen Hurts with like an all-time error. It was a 14-12 to 12 game. I believe the Eagles were a first down away from being able to ice that game. Jalen Hurts threw a pick that was brought back inside the 10-yard line, led to a walk-in touchdown for Brees Hall, and then the Eagles were not able to go down the field and score. So like a very quick turn of events with the Jets defense getting it done. And the Browns... 19 to 17 over the 49ers with uh, the missed field goal. I'm forgetting it. Jake Moody. Yes, that's his name. I just remembered up uh, with the missed 41 yard field goal attempt. So the Browns get the win at home. Uh, a big one for them with PJ Walker starting at quarterback after he was released by the Chicago bears in the preseason. So better win. Dre says it's the Browns. Joseph says the jets. Jacob says Browns. Roy says jets. Uh, jets from fade from Trippin' Titans from Jeffrey also on the jets. Rich says it's the Browns cause they had their backup quarterback jets because they have Zach Wilson as quarterback, technically also a backup quarterback. He has been their starter, uh, but also a backup who the jets did not intend to have at QB uh, for this year. Uh, jets from Ken Brown's from top tier jets from Derek jets from Jill jets from goats jets from Brent, We've got uh, Jets. The Niners just blew it at the end from Miro. The Jets, the Browns D is world beaters. Does that make it impressive though for the Browns? The fact that their defense is world beaters and Miro says the 49ers blew it at the end. I just told you, I think the Eagles also kind of blew it at the end with a a big mistake from Jalen Hurts. So a couple notes from these games. The, uh, so I'm going to go with the Jets. And the reason I'm going to go with the Jets is because Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions. The Jets only had two sacks of Jalen Hurts, and they limited DeAndre Swift to 10 carries for 18 yards. I think that says a ton about this Jets defense. The Cleveland Browns did, relative to, like, facing the San Francisco 49ers, holding them to 17 points, a very good job. That could have been 20 points had Jake Moody made that field goal, and I do think it is relevant to note that Debo Samuel got hurt, left that game early. Christian McCaffrey got hurt, left that game early. Uh, Some of those 49ers playmakers not out there for that game. Uh, And that kind of shifted what they had to do offensively. Brock Purdy uh, was, uh, let's see, I have it here. Brock Purdy went 12 for 27 for 125 passing yards, a touchdown and an interception. But I have to look at that New York Jets secondary intercepting Jalen hurts three times. And then of course, limiting Deandre Swift, a guy who has been running like a madman. And uh, Corey, I did not see a report from Diana. So if you want to fill me in on what I missed while I've been live talking to you guys, please let me know what Diana Rossini is uh, letting people know. She's, I don't know if this is Titans news or if this is uh, something else. Uh, Corey says we are potential sellers and it's a long list. Uh, So potentially looking to offload some of these veterans that doesn't surprise me that teams are going to call. And I think, you know, Titans have some looking in the mirror to do. You've got the trade deadline shortly after that game against Atlanta, the trade deadline is coming. And so do the Titans offload some of their veteran talent before then, like a Derrick Henry or a Kevin Byard or any of these expiring contracts? I'm not sure, but back to the New York jets who uh, now have improved to three and three on the season with Zach Wilson as their quarterback uh, who have beat some very good teams now in Philadelphia and Buffalo whose defense has proven that it can win them a game at absolutely any time. I have to tip my cap to Robert Sala and that coaching staff, as well as Zach Wilson and some of those players for bearing with it and keeping their head down and, Getting back in this thing, three and three. It would have been very easy to quit. It would have been very easy to do what the Titans are currently doing, which is unraveling a little bit in the locker room and uh, spiraling. That's not what the Jets have done. They're back at three and three. I think their best football probably still ahead of them. um, Like what their defense was able to do. If you can stop Jalen Hurts and, and Miles Sanders behind that offensive line and stop that Eagles offense, you can stop just about anybody. Cleveland, while I think they're good, uh, San Francisco, not playing at anywhere near full strength. So, uh, yeah, that's all I've got for you guys tonight on primetime. I appreciate you guys hanging out, man. Like the show before we head out, I'm filling in for buck rising, uh, you know, taking the reins and had a pretty good crowd chat, very active. Uh, Hey. It's always a safe place at A to Z sports, whether it's the morning show Titans at two with me or primetime here with Buck, a safe space to uh, get your feelings out and your frustrations. We're going through this together. We're going to get through this together. Uh, Buck should be back tomorrow night for you guys to uh, give you some more extended thoughts that he has on this game. And then uh, tomorrow (laughs) and Bert throwing up a comment. Buck sucks, says Joseph Otis. Uh, he's taking names. Little did you know, he's probably watching. Uh, just kidding. Uh, Bert, I don't know, uh, Chad, if you guys want to, you know, throw in your your bets. Is, is Buck at a bar right now at like 4 in the morning in the UK or is he sound asleep or on an airplane? I don't know. It's one of the three. But that's all I got for you guys tonight. Thanks for hanging with me. Austin Stanley, uh, Zach Bingham tomorrow morning for the A to Z Sports Morning Show. That's going to be electric. I'm sure uh, our guys, Zach and Austin, have some hot takes that they want to fire off about Mike Vrabel's two and four team as this season uh, is up in the ropes. That's all for me. Till next time, see you later.